book six chapter five of history of the reformation in the sixteenth century volume two by jean henri mail d'aubigne translated by henry beveridge this librivox recording is in the public domain chapter five while the inhabitants of the eternal city were thus agitated more tranquil events were occurring at wittemberg where melancthon was shedding a soft but brilliant light from fifteen hundred to two thousand hearers who had flocked from germany england the netherlands france italy hungary and greece often assembled around him he was twenty-four years of age and had not taken orders every house in wittemberg was open to this learned and amiable young professor foreign universities in particular ingolstadt were desirous to gain him and his wittemberg friends wished to get him married and thereby retain him among them luther though he concurred in wishing that his dear philip should have a female companion declared openly that he would give no counsel in the matter the task was undertaken by others the young doctor was a frequent visitor of burgomaster crap the burgomaster was of an ancient family and had a daughter named catherine remarkable for the mildness of her dispositions and her great sensibility melancthon was urged to ask her in marriage but the young scholar was buried among his books and could talk of nothing else his greek authors and his new testament were all his delight he combated the arguments of his friends but at length his consent was obtained and all the arrangements having been made by others catherine became his wife he received her with great coolness and said with a sigh god has willed it so i must renounce my studies and my delights to follow the wishes of my friends still he appreciated the good qualities of catherine the disposition and education of the girl said he are such as i might have asked god to give her she certainly deserved a better husband the matter was settled in august the espousals took place on the twenty fifth of september and the marriage was celebrated in the end of november old john luther and his wife came with their daughters to wittemberg on the occasion many learned and distinguished persons were also present the young bride was as warm in her affection as the young professor was cold ever full of anxiety for her husband catherine took the alarm the moment she saw him threatened with even the semblance of danger if melancthon proposed to take any step which might compromise him she urged and entreated him to abandon it on one of these occasions wrote melancthon i was obliged to yield to her weakness it is our lot how much unfaithfulness in the church has had a similar origin to the influence of catherine ought perhaps to be attributed the timidity and fears with which her husband has often been reproached catherine was as fond a mother as any wife she gave liberally to the poor o oh god leave me not in my old age when my hair shall begin to turn grey such was the frequent prayer of this pious and timorous soul melancthon was soon won by the affection of his wife when he had tasted the pleasures of domestic society he felt how sweet they were for he was of a nature to feel them his happiest moments were beside his catherine and her children 
a french traveller having one day found the preceptor of germany rocking his infant with one hand and with a book in the other started back in surprise but melancthon without being discomposed so warmly explained to him the value of children in the sight of god that the stranger left the house to use his own words wiser than he had entered it the marriage of melancthon gave a domestic hearth to the reformation there was thenceforth in wittemberg a family whose house was open to all those whom the principle of a new life now animated the concourse of strangers was immense melancthon was waited on for a thousand different affairs and his rule was never to deny himself to anybody the young professor was particularly skilful in concealing his own good deeds if he had no more money he secretly carried his silver plate to some merchant never hesitating to part with it provided he had the means of assisting those who were in distress hence says his friend camerarius it would have been impossible for him to provide for his own wants and those of his family had not a divine and hidden blessing from time to time furnished him with the means he carried his good nature to an extreme he had some antique medals of gold and silver which were extremely curious one day when showing them to a stranger who was visiting him melancthon said take any one of them you wish i wish them all replied the stranger i confess says philip i was at first offended at the selfishness of the request however i gave them to him melancthon's writings had a savour of antiquity this however did not prevent them from exhaling the sweet savour of christ while it gave them an inexpressible charm there is not one of his letters to his friends which does not contain some very apt allusion to homer plato cicero and pliny while christ is always brought forward as his master and his god spalatin had asked him for an explanation of our saviour's words without me ye can do nothing john chapter fifteen verse five melancthon refers him to luther cur ejam gestum spectante roscio as cicero expresses it and then continues this passage means that we must be absorbed by christ so that it is no longer we that act but christ that liveth in us as in his person the divine had been incorporated with the human nature so must man be incorporated with jesus christ by faith the distinguished scholar's habit was to go to bed shortly after supper and get up to his studies at two or three in the morning during these early hours his best works were composed his manuscripts usually lay on his table exposed to the view of all who came and went so that several were stolen when he had a party of his friends he asked one or other of them before they sat down to table to read some short composition in prose or verse during his journeys he was always accompanied by some young persons with whom he conversed in a manner at once instructive and amusing if the conversation flagged each of them had to repeat in his turn some passage taken from the ancient poets he often had recourse to irony but always tempered it with great gentleness he stings and cuts said he of himself but still without doing any harm 
the acquisition of knowledge was his ruling passion the aim of his life was to diffuse literature and instruction let us not forget that with him the first place in literature was given to the holy scriptures and only a secondary place to the ancient classics my sole object said he is the defence of literature we must by our example inspire youth with an admiration of literature and make them love it for itself and not for the pecuniary profit which it may be made to yield the downfall of literature involves the destruction of all that is good of religion and morals of things human and divine the better a man is the more ardently does he exert himself in favour of learning for he knows that the most pernicious of all pests is ignorance some time after his marriage melancthon went to breton in the palatinate accompanied by camerarius and other friends to pay a visit to his affectionate mother on coming in sight of his native town he dismounted from his horse threw himself on his knees and thanked god for permitting him to see it again margaret on embracing her son almost fainted with joy she would have had him reside at breton and earnestly entreated him to continue in the faith of his fathers on this head melancthon excused himself but with great tenderness that he might not give offence to the conscientious feelings of his mother he had great difficulty in parting with her and whenever a traveller brought him news of his native town he rejoiced to use his own expression as if he had renewed the joys of childhood such was the character of one of the greatest instruments employed in the religious revolution of the sixteenth century the domestic calmness and studious activity of wittemberg was however disturbed by a commotion the consequence of a rupture which took place between the students and the citizens the rector betrayed great weakness one may suppose how deeply melancthon was grieved when he saw these disciples of literature committing such excesses luther felt indignant and had no idea of trying to gain them over by a false condescension the disgrace which these disorders brought upon the university stung him to the heart having mounted the pulpit he inveighed in strong terms against these commotions calling upon both parties to submit to the authorities his discourse produced great irritation satan says he unable to attack us from without is trying to do us mischief from within him i fear not but i fear lest the wrath of god be kindled against us for not having duly received his word during the last three years i have been thrice exposed to great danger in fifteen eighteen at augsburg in fifteen nineteen at leipzig and now in fifteen twenty at wittemberg it is neither by wisdom nor by arms that the renovation of the church will be accomplished but by humble prayers and by an intrepid faith which puts jesus christ on our side o oh, my friend unite your prayers to mine that the evil spirit may not be able by means of this small spark to kindle a vast conflagration end of book 6 chapter 5